Welcome to Right Way Politics with Brian Kerwin. We do politics the right way, the winning way, and we leave the left way behind. And what a week it has been. Donald Trump in the news is 2022. We're uh, approaching the midterms for congressional races. Biden's numbers are still horrible. Democrats are cratering, don't know what to do. They look to abortion to save their political futures, and now they've decided to go back to the tried and true Trump, 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 Trump. We're going to take a look at where uh, this is coming from, where it may be going, and uh, how much of a risk this long ball may be if it is, in fact, and you know, I always have a few suspicions when something like this happens, um, and I'll be a little bit controversial. Uh, controversial, I'm sure, but I'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, let's recap a little bit of where we are right now, because a lot of the polls have not changed completely. The one poll that I usually don't look at very often, because it really doesn't matter, the generic congressional ballot. Uh, essentially even, 41-41 Republicans and Democrats, but as you know, uh, including a bunch of... Uh, Strong Republican and strong Democratic districts that really won't have challenges really makes that a meaningless poll. It always is meaningless, but people like to do it, and uh, they kind of like to see who's on the up and who's on the down. But really, when you talk about congressional approval, there's only about 20% of the seats where that really makes a difference. And congressional approval, the generic congressional vote, the congressional approval is always pretty low, and the... Uh, I like to see what the generic ballot is in individual districts, but not necessarily the country as a whole. But still, it looks like we got a we got a fight from there, and it, and it is kind of trending closer, but not very close. I mean, there was a you know we were in the forty six to forty three range uh, for a few months there, and it's tightened up in the summertime. People are basically unhappy with everybody, which really isn't great. With the uh, great news for incumbents. Anyway, if the Democrats are in charge, I'm sure they don't want everybody hating everybody equally because um, they get swept up in that. And, but uh, poor Biden, his job approval is still horrible. Um, it has gotten worse over the summer. His disapproval peaked at about 57%. Right now, it's about 56%. Uh, his approval rating, these numbers really aren't moving. Um, the generic trend is separating and there's a you know, a good week and a bad week. But really, when it comes to Joe Biden, you basically have uh, 15 to 16% differential between approval and disapproval. You're talking seriously um, 15 to 16 points difference. You're looking at 55 to 56% disapproval, 40% approval. And, uh, and it's, again, July was horrible for, for Biden. Uh, August peaked up a little bit, but still horrible numbers for Joe Biden. It seems to trend gas prices. Do you notice that? When gas prices hit their highest, Biden hit his lowest. And then when gas prices kind of leveled off, he picked up a few percentage points. But still, this looks like every setup for a, and a, like I said on previous podcasts, a 50 seat 
pick up is my over under for the house. I think the Senate is going to max at three. Uh, I don't think see any more than a three seat pickup in the Senate, but I certainly see a 50 seat pickup in the house. Newt Gingrich thinks it's way more than that, thinks he's going to see a 70 seat swing, which would be cataclysmic. I don't see how Biden could have any kind of a presidency in his second half of his term with a 70 seat swing in the uh, in the Congress, and that would probably mean more than three seats in the Senate. I'm still not prepared to go that high, but I do think 50 is the clear target, 50 seat sick up pickup uh, for the House. But it this is all about Trump this week, and I can I can't figure out where the truth lies. And that's where the politics of this is kind of a wait and see. I've spoken to a lot of Democrats who think that more is coming, and this is the uh, this is the latest shoe to drop in making Donald Trump the most distasteful candidate that they could face. Which I don't understand. Again, I'll get into this later. I don't understand if if Donald Trump is so horrible, you'd think they'd want him as an opponent. I know Republicans would love. To run against Hillary Clinton every four years, nothing would be nothing would make them happier than the candidate they dislike the most being on the ballot. So I don't know why the Democrats would want to keep Donald Trump from ever making a presidential ballot again because it thinks unless they they think he's absolutely going to destroy them. I haven't seen any head-to-head polls, but I have seen polls. And they're, they're light polls, but they're, uh, they're still worth noting about the presidential nomination. There's still a ton of names being thrown out there. And, but really, the only, the only real superstars in presidential nomination for Republican in polling is Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And it's not even, it's not significantly close. The Donald Trump is well over 50%. In most of these polls, 56%, 52%, 53%, by far the uh, number one for the presidential nomination, and he hasn't even announced that he's running yet. Neither has DeSantis, who's in number two, and he hovers somewhere around 20s. A couple of polls show him in the 30s. Um, as his numbers go up, Trump's go down. So that's an interesting thing, but we've got Everyone from Ted Cruz, who was one of the last men standing in 2016, uh, he can't get out of the low single digits. Neither can Nikki Haley or Marco Rubio, anyone, any of the previous candidates. They're single digits, and most of them are low single digits. Even the former vice president not scoring too well among Republicans for the presidential prime, primary. But the big news this week is the big raid in former President Donald Trump's Florida home, Mar-a-Lago, the FBI, raiding the former president's house, ostensibly to enforce the Presidential Records Act. There, uh, This is where it gets kind of sketchy, because I haven't seen the FBI ever do a raid of this sort, especially on a former president, for documents that they were already negotiating to get a hold of that they got a, uh, a last-minute subpoena for from, uh, from a magistrate somewhere. And 30 FBI agents raid a home and walk out with 15 boxes of God knows what. 
And uh, the Republicans are uniformly calling foul on this, as you would expect. And the Democrats are uh, secretly saying, well, you know, this is where Donald Trump ceases to be a candidate. And I don't, uh, I don't really understand where people are positioning themselves right now, um, because I, I, I don't know where it's going uh, with all the coverage of January 6th, um, where the, the Democrats pretty much on a roll running on January 6th, it didn't really improve their numbers much. When it came to polling, it really didn't, it didn't really give them a case for re-election, um, but it did give them a bit of momentum, and now they just halted that momentum because of the Presidential Records Act. And I would have bet money that somebody would have said that they were looking for documents and blaming and accusing Trump of hiding documents concerning January 6th. But then they came out a few days after the raid and the story that got leaked was, no, 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 this had to do with nuclear weapons and nuclear codes, which has got to be the dumbest thing for them to be worried about. I don't know what presidential nuclear codes are changed with every new president. So any any nuclear codes that Trump had expired the day uh, Biden took office. So if, if that's what they were looking for, and if, uh, if it was such a national security threat, it took them eight months to kind of uh, take action about it. If, it's, if it has to do with a potential nuclear war, I don't know why they would wait for eight months to take action. So that's kind of confusing, unless it's really about January 6th and the nuclear documents were just the, the guys that they used to gain entrance. And of course, the Republicans are really ticked off about it. And I think it goes beyond Republicans. I think, uh, well, the, the typical speakers, the Fox News Republicans, and even beyond, uh, Newt Gingrich basically accused the FBI of acting like a secret police. Marco Rubio, U.S. Senator, compared it to what happens in Cuba and what happens in countries all over the world. His actual quote was, this is the playbook from all over the world. Basically, you you arrest and attack your political opponents, and then you go after their supporters. Rand Paul even broached the idea that it may lead to the impeachment of Attorney General Merrick Garland for abuse of power. A lot of people, and I think, and I'd love to see polling on this as soon as it's released, I would bet that there's a bunch of civil libertarians and a bunch of independent voters that think this is a little extreme. So who, who's behind it? Everybody's claiming that Biden didn't know about it, and uh, I, I don't think there's much that Biden knows about. Uh, I think if somebody uh, asked if the president knows that he's president, uh, the official word from the White House would be Biden had no knowledge of that. But it seems to me... It seems to me that with all the uh, Republican uh, presidential polls, uh, the presidential nomination polls, Trump is leading all of them by massive numbers, over 50% among Republican primary voters. And I really don't see why the Democrats would avoid that. If I was a Democrat, I'll put it this way, if, I, if I'm a Republican strategist, and I am, and I saw you know, a call for Hillary Clinton to run in 2024, I'd be popping the champagne. There's nothing I'd like more than to run against Hillary Clinton again. If I was a Democrat, there's nothing I'd like more than run against Donald Trump. 
His numbers are great with Republicans. His numbers aren't so great anywhere else. And uh, by the way, when he's around, then it's a blue wave and every other election across the country becomes a Democratic victory. Even if you lose the presidency, you probably get back the Congress and the Senate and you probably get a bunch of state houses back. So what are the Democrats gaining if they're behind this big raid on Donald Trump? I just don't get it. And this is where I, I think, you know, when you get into Republican presidential primaries, look out for friendly fire. Look out for people who look at Trump's numbers among the Republican base and think, if Trump runs, he gets the nomination. And we can't have that. So I start looking at people who are never Trumpers in the Republican Party with the power and the money to make a serious to make a serious effort to block Republicans from nominating Donald Trump. And if they look at the polls and say, we're not going to be able to beat him at the ballot box, we're not going to be able to beat him at a caucus, we're not going to be able to beat him at a debate, we got to keep him from getting in. And I don't see how the Democrats hurt themselves by keeping Donald Trump out. I think they think that Donald Trump should be their best hope. So I'm looking at this and wondering, okay, who in the Republican Party or who in the, not even Republican, but who in the country is really, really worried about Donald Trump getting the Republican nomination? And I just don't think that's the Democratic leadership. They may say they don't like Donald Trump. They may beat him up nonstop. They may impeach him every other year he's in office if he gets in again. They may love to get rid of him, but I just don't see how blocking him from getting the nomination is their goal in life. I think they benefit a lot by having Trump at the top of the Republican ticket. I think they have a lot of trouble with other candidates. That's all to be seen. Of course, there is the oppor opportunity to uh, express the the view that this is actually a law enforcement issue and there is no political agenda behind it, but I just don't see anyone buying that, especially not now. This is just, it, it is obviously an extreme response to a situation that's occurred before. There have been presidential records and negotiations and subpoenas and things like that. And a lot of presidents want to keep executive privilege strong and want to keep their records and their, their files to themselves. The Presidential Records Act was a... Jimmy Carter passed the Presidential Records Act, and I think it was a, uh, a bumpy road trying to figure it out about which records were whose, uh, which belonged to the government, which belonged to the executive. And uh, that was uh, a bumpy road from what I remember the first couple presidents after that act. But there have been issues with presidential records, but I've never seen a 30 FBI agent raid at somebody's home walking out with boxes and boxes of documents. Nobody knows what they are. Nobody knows what's in them. And, uh, of course, a few people are wondering, you know, is this a way to just walk out with a bunch of boxes and then discover all of a sudden, guess what we found in these boxes? Never knowing if they were in the boxes in the first place. This could get really ugly really fast. It could backfire wholly on the Democrats. Because remember at the Democratic core, the Democrats are folks that do not like law enforcement and 
raids. And if this was a raid on Obama's house looking for presidential records, the outcry would be huge. So I don't know uh, how long the Democrats are going to applaud this amazing, strong law enforcement exertion of power, but it's not really in their core. It's not really in their base. It's not really one of the things that they cheer usually. So they're going to be uncomfortable trying to hold this out. And it's Republicans who are usually very pro-law enforcement. They're now saying rule of law is important and precedent and let's just be fair. There's a lot of uh, a back and forth with Republicans and Democrats, which tells me that nobody's really judge the political fallout from this yet too soon. But I'm thinking this is going to backfire big time, I think, on the Democrats. And I don't really think the Democrats were the ones that really had this as their dream. I think they like having Trump at the center of attention, but I don't think they want Trump out of the presidential nomination contest because I just think they get too much money and too many votes and they make too much hay with Trump in the spotlight. And quite frankly, if you take Donald Trump out of the picture, the Democrats have nothing to say. They have no agenda. They have no record. They've wrecked the economy. We're in a recession. They don't even want, they don't know the definitions of most words, but they're changing the definitions of the words they do know. They've changed the definition of everything from male, female, recession, and now they're still running as though Donald Trump is president, and I don't think it's going to go well for them in the long term. The only caveat for that is if they suddenly find something and ties it back to January 6th and something that correlates with their message from the past year and a half, and especially over the summer with primetime televised hearings, if this starts becoming a debate about nuclear weapon codes, I think the public is just going to say, enough is enough, overreach, this isn't even fair. And I think independent voters are going to say, you know, and and I was telling some people this week, there's a line in one of my favorite movies, All the President's Men, uh, when uh, they're talking into the garage to their secret source, and uh, and they're talking about John Mitchell. And they write a story about John Mitchell that winds up not being true. And the source is incredulous and says, you actually made people feel sorry for him. I didn't think that was possible. And I think that's where they are going to be with independent voters. I think independent voters are going to say, okay, Trump grates my last nerve, but this isn't even fair. And I think they're going to make the American people who aren't partisan and who aren't hardcore Republicans feel like this is an overreach. I suspect whoever made a call of this figured there is no line of overreach. How much more can we do to Donald Trump without getting any backlash? I get that, and I think that's what they were thinking. But somehow, raiding the home of a former president the same week that you approve funding for 81,000 IRS agents to focus on middle-class taxpayers... I think this is going to scare people. And if Republicans tie together these two issues, they'll raid the home of a former president and they'll hire 81,000 IRS agents to come after you. This is the Democratic Party. I think there's going to backlash on the Democrats 
hard. And the only way that I can understand a different way of looking at this, and the only way I can understand a different way of looking at this is if it wasn't the Democrats, if somehow some very powerful people, some very powerful people pulled the strings that aren't connected to Democrats and made this happen because they want somebody else in that Republican presidential nomination. That's where we're going to have to wind up. And this is all friendly fire. Then a different analysis. Because then it's a double whammy. If they get Trump out and the Democrats get the blame, holy moly, we're on the tables. Right now it's watch and see. But I'm seeing the Democrats flailing to leak out to the press excuses about what this was about. And it's even now, days after the event, it's still not making sense. Clueless. It's horrible. And it doesn't leave the Democrats in a good, good spot, especially for 2024 with, uh, with the unfavorable ratings so high and the favorable ratings so low. They're playing with fire with something like this and a precedent setting. And there's just too many things to point out. The whataboutism is, str- is strong in this case. There's just too many things to say when it's a Democrat. Isn't it funny how nobody even gets a subpoena? But when it's a Republican, 30 agents rate a house. In the first few days after this, and in Trump's initial responses, and the press conference of Merrick Garland to explain this, which made it look completely inept, there is not a whole lot of gain for the Democrats unless it's something that they found. And the haphazard way they did it, I'm not even sure that's going to be enough for this to be a net gain for Democrats. I think you just made Trump a sentimental favorite to fight the swamp again. And I don't I wouldn't have said that a week ago, but I'm saying it now. If Trump runs, he is going to be able to play victim right up until 2024, and it's going to be hard for anybody to dispute it. That's this week with Right Way Politics. We hope you find your way back to right-way politics. We'll see you next week.